A breakup is not only the loss of a person, it's also the loss of a life he thought you will be living. This is Wild Hearted, the podcast about creating your very own kismet. In this space, we'll explore concepts of feminine and masculine, embrace our sexuality and sensuality, and explore what it means to manifest your authentic self and direct your own fate. I'm Shanine, a psychology student, creative, and woman seeking out her authentic self in life and in relationships. And I'm Katharina, a nomadic vegini, meaning yoga and tantra practitioner, who does self-love coaching and currently is busy getting her master's degree in psychology. Follow us on Instagram at wildhearted.thepodcast and subscribe to our podcast for an honest, hilarious and insightful look into these topics and more. episode is weird for two reasons because we're in the same room and also we're re-recording for the first time yeah so we have the conversation that we unfortunately lost in Marrakesh it wasn't even an episode only nice until we recorded then shall we get started on our episode about breakups okay breakups 2.0 guys who follow us on instagram i don't know if you remember but we did run some posts on instagram to just get an idea of breakups actually shin tell us a story while we decided to record on so, breakups because it's not like we it didn't come from nowhere yeah i went to a baby shower and at the baby shower i made a whole bunch of minutes who had listened to The Wild Hearted. And one of them mentioned that she'd recently gone through a breakup and listening to our podcast has really been helpful to her in like finding direction and relating to women who are now kind of single and exploring their own lives in their 30s, which I thought was amazing. And then I discussed it with you and we obviously realized that we hadn't done an episode about breakups. And also neither of us has actually gone through a big breakup in a long time? Yeah, it's been four years for both of us. Yeah, which is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Not a while. But then we did the polls yeah. and we realized that obviously people handle the breakups very differently. Yeah, it also seems like, but we're coming to this later, it seems like breakups are kind of changing. That definitely seems like a new trend of breakups. But we are coming to that later in the poll. Let's get into it. Let's get into the nitty gritty. So the first question we asked was like, when was your last breakup? Seems like most of our followers either broke up quite recently, so within the last year, and or their last breakup has been like three plus years ago. So similar to us, which means they've either like been since then in a very serious relationship, marriage, partnerships, all of that. Or they've been, like you and I, in nothing serious for yeah, that time. Casual. Yeah, casual. I've experienced ending of small little things, but nothing that I would consider serious break away that four years ago. Yeah. Maybe we should define what we talk about when we say breakup. 
I think that's a very good point. We're not talking about something that maybe lasted a month or two. We're talking about serious relationships that are a minimum of a year, I would say, plus living together. In my case, it was a marriage, you know, it's yeah. a big one. Yeah, like situationships and just casual hooking up and that kind of coming to an end. I think that's not really as emotionally taxing as what we're trying to discuss here. Like yeah. We want the bit, like the huge breakup in the your huge. life, which is usually only one or two ever happens to you, so. Hopefully. <laughs> there shouldn't be too many of those. And they're heartbreaking. Like, I remember I was, like, I was wrenched. I was absolutely wrecked after mine. Yeah. So I'm actually dodged a bullet not going through that. Like, I don't wish it on anyone. I I, yeah. Do that again. I really don't want to do that again. I think that's my feet to go. Yeah. I have to do that again. Like, if I'm going to go there, it better be worth staying in. It's true. That's a, that's a true thing, though. I've been thinking about this a lot, especially after we recorded this episode. I think we mentioned it when we recorded this episode for the first time. It can be really heart-wrenching, you know. Even ending yeah. an almost relationship, it can be so heart-wrenching. And it's like, it's it's pain. It's like, it's mm. true pain, you know. And then having this big one, I'm like, I, I never want to break up fucking ever again. <laughs> you know, so that I commit <laughs> <laughs> and I commit. I'm gonna make sure. I want to be. I want to be committed because you're not leaving. I'm not leaving this. Obviously, it's not gonna be like that. But like breakups fucking scare me. They do, you know. I think even just getting to the relationship stage in the first stage, you're now saying, I'm allowing myself to be vulnerable to the point where you might break my heart. That I'm willingly giving you that right to <laughs> potentially hurt me which obviously is quite intimidating and scary yeah. but anyway i think beyond us just being terrified of getting hurt we also know that giving yourself so much you wanted to make sure that it's right with you want to know that there's more than just one or two elements that's drawing you to this person yeah it needs to be like a full body fuck yes, yes. also we're not in our tanks anymore you know like i feel like when we commit nowadays it should be a more conscious commitment and not falling into a relationship yeah. just yeah. because it's kind of it's fun right now and it's convenient. So it's like, okay. do we have do we have similar similar morals? Do we have similar ideas? Do we want to live a similar lifestyle? Where do we want to go? Do we want kids? Don't we want kids? Do we want to get married? And don't we want to get married? I feel like before you commit, especially in our age or like from in your 30s, 40s plus, it should those things should be discussed. So the polls we asked, as we said, well, uh, the poll question we asked, the first one was the, 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 when the last breakup happened, which we just discussed. So after asking the question, when your last breakup has taken place, we asked, what was the reason for your breakup? Yeah. And we gave the following options. We gave, it just ran its natural course. We wanted different things, toxicity, abuse, infidelity. We like summarized that into one category and then other. For example, moving apart, traveling, could be anything really not surprisingly but unfortunately like the majority of people said the reason was toxicity abuse and infidelity but i must be honest it, while it was the majority with 31 percent the number was quite a bit less than i personally expected it to be i almost thought it would be close to the 50s of toxic, of toxic relationships because i don't because i feel like i see them a lot sure. i witness them a lot so i was i wasn't surprised by the fact that it was the leading cause and was surprised by that it was less than 50 percent yeah to be completely honest it's quite closely followed by we wanted different things was 28 percent and other is also 28 percent and then in 12 percent said it just ran its course yeah 
the majority of people are not just happily in, like, walking away from each other, falling out of love. No, but... Something is happening. Something is happening. Like, does that ever really happen where you just fall out of love and you just, like, basically shake hands and part? (laughs) (laughs) It was beautiful to have a good life. I I mean, I heard rumors about it. I'm going to read about it, and I'm pretty sure I saw it in a TV series once. But I think even if it tries to start that way, it's very difficult to keep it, like, tied that way. Like, mine was not. I think, actually, do you know what? My relationship got to a point where eventually we just looked at each other and we're like, we're not happy. Mm. And then it just turned to shift. And then the whole breakup. And then that was basically the, the beginning of the end. But the point to actually getting to being fully broke up took a lot of ups and downs. Like there were a lot of, should we be friends? Should we be friends? Do we love each other? Do we hate each other? Should we try and make this work? Fucking never ever want to see you again. Like there was a lot of turmoil between us sitting up together one night and going, this isn't working, very pleasantly. Amicable. Just like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. So I would categorize mine as toxic. (laughs) Yeah, mine too. Yeah. It's a pity, huh? Let's be honest. Like, when we say it's a toxic relationship, it doesn't mean like one party is toxic or whatever. Sometimes it can be two very healthy people coming together and just be toxic for each other. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always mean that one person is a toxic person. Completely. Like, I don't consider my relationship to be like, I'm not a victim of my relationship Mm. in any way. Like, I have a very active role in my relationship. And I think as much as we both loved each other and wanted or thought we were doing the right things together, in retrospect, we were just not really healthy for each other. Yeah. I didn't realize it because obviously there was a lot of love there, Mm. but I think we were both unsure of what needed to happen in our own lives. And that just kind of merged into this like codependent kind of toxic relationship, which only looking back at it, do I realize was... Not as healthy as I thought it was. was uh, yeah, that's the next thing. It's like things always seem so different when you're in it than when you look at, for, look at it from the outside or when you've got yeah. some time to like to distance yourself, yeah. you know. It's, it's crazy how you can make excuses for things when you're in the middle of oh it. Oh, things are fine. It's just all good. I'm in love, so like it's cool. The things you can, the things you can justify. Yeah. <laughs> your own behavior and your process. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually crazy. And then you look back and you're like, what? <laughs> Whoa! Tell me that story after that run. See, but well, like, that's always so interesting. Like, I noticed it often. Like, when people go through things, I noticed it with myself as well, and I see it with friends, I see it with clients, I see it with colleagues. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the things we we tolerate for ourselves, where we would tell our friends, like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know, <laughs> I'm gonna take you out of. Like, I'm coming to take you out of this. You know. Yeah something happens to me and I'm like, I'm not sure if this behavior is acceptable. I kind of put myself in the friend mode and I'm like, if I came to, if a friend came to me with the story, what would I say? And most of the time it's like, get the fuck out of here. Don't waste time. Yeah. <laughs> like I've, I've been coming quite good in walking away from reflex quite quickly nowadays, to be honest. 
That's very good. I think so as well. Like, I think for the most part, I can, I know how to spot something that's not going to end well yeah. quite early on. Mm-hmm. And I can go like, okay, well, I this is going to be a part of not for me. Yeah, it's like it's not the life experience I want to have. It's like it's not what I want to spend my time doing. Yeah. So guess things changed. I like the wanted different thing. Because most of our listeners and the people who responded to the polls, you know, they're like in a similar age like us. Yeah. So a lot of those relationships probably started somewhere in their 20s and then were a few years and then ended in their 30s, which are quite formative years. You know, now, we, as I said, becoming settling down. Settling down. Do you want the, the house? Do you want the kids? That is 28%, so quite close to the 31%. So I found it very interesting that that's the second highest include and on the same level, others. And I had some conversations with the people who voted for others, and a lot of the things were moving abroad. So, like, that was a, that was a the big part of others. So, there were, the love was there, the relationship was there, and, like, it all looked great on paper, but, like, either your job or your family or something moved one of the person abroad, you know. So, that's a tough one to find because, like, when everything else seems right... Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine if I was in, let's say, like a five-year relationship and then my partner just said, he's got to move to, mm. I don't know, Bali. I would love to go with, but if I couldn't, yeah. and you have to then make the call to get in the relationship or try and be long distance and then that doesn't work out. That must be heartbreaking. Yeah, that's a rough one. Because there's still a lot of love there. Yeah, that's a rough one. Walking away, I think most relationships kind of fall apart when they're still in love there. I don't think the love ever goes away. When you love someone, like, love doesn't have conditions. Love is just unconditional, but that doesn't mean I have to accept the circumstances around it, you know? I will always care. Care. I always, I wouldn't be able to even help. But if there's, like, proper healthy love and there's, like, nothing, you know, sometimes it makes it easier to blame it on something. It makes it much easier to accept the ending when you can blame it and pinpoint it to something, then it's just not working. Yeah. Everything else should it should be working. It should be working. Some reason. It's just not. I feel like it's much harder to wrap your mind around that and I think for me, it would be much harder to get over makeup yeah. like that. Even to make the call in the first place. Yeah. This is for me. It's like, what's not for you? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. like just, I mean, on paper, this is all great. I just, like, the feels are just not there, you know? It's yeah. Our oh, next question was, how was it handled? Yeah. So the options we gave were this mutual understanding. It was tough, but okay. And it got ugly and other. No one said other. I also don't know what other would be, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 47% said it was tough, but okay. 22% said this mutual understanding. And 31% said it got ugly. Tell me. Sorry, yeah, guys. That's what I wrote there. Yes, yes, yes. But then, yeah, the parting and hook was, how did you deal uh, after? Okay. So we got 47%. 47%, 47% okay. said it was handled. So the breakup itself was tough, but okay. So it took its toll, but it wasn't like, yeah, I thought so. Mine got ugly. <laughs> 
But I think, do you know what? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like I'm defending how I handled my breakup. But when you are with someone for seven years and you pretty much intertwine your entire life together, you live together, you work together, all your friends are each other's friends, it is very, very difficult for it not to get ugly and messy. Yeah, like it's, it takes a special kind of wisdom to like clean cut and not get emotional and not get a little bit jealous and bitter. Yeah. And retaliate in certain ways. And do you think the separation and the breakup also tells a lot about the relationship, to be honest? There's a difference between tough but okay. I feel like that's more what you're describing right now and, and it getting ugly, you know? Mm-hmm. So, as we said, like 31%, which is actually interesting, 31% said the relationship broke up because of toxicity, abuse, and infidelity, and 31% said it got ugly. So those yeah, numbers are actually ties, ties in quite nicely and overlapping. And I feel like when you are in those 30% of toxicity, abuse, and fidelity, the chances are also that the breakup's getting ugly because it's just a pattern that follows suit. Yeah, that's true. I don't think there's any toxic relationship that ends amicably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. You want to <laughs> You found that I'm a nurse? I said, you're free, but you're not codependent anymore. Yeah. Pity, but okay, I'll find the someone else. <laughs> the gaslighting that is not. I feel like the, the way a relationship ends is kind of a continuum of how the relationship was handled while the relationship was yeah. closed. I think quite okay being majority is, is really commendable. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the, again, why granite's cause in the first place, want the differences and others are both 28%, I would assume that those are the same people who voted yeah. on tough but okay in the next question. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Mutual understanding, or maybe even, mutual, I mean, mutual understanding 22% I find quite high. Yeah. Because that's like easy. That's like, yeah, that's like, like that, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've never, I don't know. I heard rumors. It's not considering this happened. Maybe they didn't really love each other. <laughs> That's why it's so easy to look away. Uh, <laughs> it's not real love unless it hurts. I'm joking. You said you're 80s, maybe. I swear to God, I feel like. Yeah, you've been listening to much love. Also, I honestly think the music of our upbringing and the TV series we watched, they fucked us up, guys. I mean, what did we say? The OC. Oh, yeah. The OC. And like, it, it love, like in our upbringing, or when we grew up, when we were teenagers, love had to be dramatic. It was sex in the city. It had to be. Actually, it's so toxic. It's so fucking toxic. But that's what they romanticize. Like, the man yeah. comes in and out. It's like shit. Exactly. Exactly. That's true love. That's what I'm saying. Like the way love got portrayed when we were teenagers, especially, it's a toxic picture of love. And yeah. it's like, as you said, the man who dips in and out and the man who like fights constantly, who runs away, yeah. he's like broken, you know, like you always need yeah. to fix the man. Yeah. You always need to be the fixer it's as the really woman. Man. Yeah. Bad boy. Exactly. Chuck Bass. Chuck Bass literally forced himself in the first episode or second episode on a girl, what was her name? Jenny. And oh, yeah. like, and it's not much later, he's like the hero. And we they were like, oh, it's just trapping. Yeah. I mean, like, are you fucking joking? That's like assault. 
Yeah, that is literally, it's, it's literally it's assault. It's not like it's literally yeah. assault, you know. Like, people Yeah, boys being boys. Oh god, that sentence. Boys being boys. Every time I hear that, I want to smack the person who says that. Yeah. I think we're mostly moving away from that mentality. I do get the feeling. I don't know if it's just our circles and our environment because we're so active in a more conscious social surrounding. But personally, I do feel like we're moving away. Like also on my travels now, I was kind of my girl with the man I met. Really? Yeah, especially South America and Central America. The man I met, they were so aware. And there was a softness and a kindness to them. And there was a lot of respect. Like, I, I, honestly, it was quite blown. And a lot of them were in their 30s, early 30s, oh, yeah. you know, late 20s. So I feel like that generation in these places, maybe also specifically, are becoming very conscious and very aware, which is beautiful to see. It is, it is absolutely incredible. I think it's amazing to give men the space to understand that masculinity doesn't have to be aggressive and it doesn't have to be so domineering and forceful. Like, mm. it can be soft and masculine at the okay. same time and they can feel power in that. Like, I absolutely love that. Yeah. I've been saying to a lot of people recently how much I really enjoy that men listen to this podcast just because the food, like the, the guys that come up to it don't laugh. <laughs> they're embracing like a feminine perspective because they want to be better. Like they want to learn what, how women think about things. Next question was, so we have, why did it run its course? How was the actual breakup handled? Yeah. So, and then afterwards, so we ended the relationship, we dealt with it, but how do we deal with the aftermath? So now we're single again. Right. So this is a question we both asked, actually, on our separate Instagrams. I'm going to give your results first. So the options you gave were partying and hookups, self-care mania, and total isolation. Mm -hmm. And to my absolute surprise, you had 57% saying total isolation. I'm shocked. 29% self-care mania, and only 14% partying and hookups. They're so well-behaved. Who are your friends? That's so good. (laughs) I'm A, very proud of them. But B, I'm kind of sad that they missed out on the party and the hookups. Like, it's, for me, an integral part of coming into single life. Like, you gotta... (laughs) You gotta let loose. You gotta gotta get loose. (laughs) Well, I don't know what... (laughs) What do you mean by that? (laughs) That's my voice. But yeah, you want to like live a little, you know? Yeah. But, but like, it is impressive. Though. I'm surprised, and I must be honest, mine are a little bit of different, my statistics. Okay, let's go do something of sense a while within mine. <laughs> so, my option was I fell into a depression and isolated myself, which were only 6%. That was your 57%, right? Then that I focused on myself, self-care, and my support system, which is your self-care mania, was 52%. So that was the majority on my side. Other was 10%, whatever other may be. And then parting in Hood Cup was 32%. So almost double. Yeah. I like that you put more detail into your actual descriptions. Maybe that was easier yeah. to actually pick out. Yeah. They related to more. So, so majority you did? I focused on myself, self-care, and my support system. So again, you know, like 
the nice thing when you do these polls, like often like conversations on the side come out of you, yeah. you know, people will message you and you will start to interact, which I love. Like, I mean, yes, talk to us. Yeah, talk to us, talk to me. <laughs> Give me insight to your brain and your heart. I fucking yeah. love it. So I ended up having a few conversations again. And what came out of it, and I can completely agree with that, it's, it's hard to choose one way because it's, it's, like, it's like a little bit of everything. Like, you know, it's like goes through stages. And then I was thinking about it. So when I got out of my breakup or when I went through my breakup, I went through all of these stages. I've done all of them above. So for me, it, it started with I fell into a depression and isolated myself. Okay. I went straight into depression, isolated myself. I was out like I was, I was a zombie, right? Completely. Then from that, I went into the parting and hookup stage. Until eventually I'm like, this is not how I want to live my life. And that's when I started to focus myself, self-care support system. And that's basically when I honestly not only turned my, how to deal my breakup, but how I turned myself around. Because yeah. long before then, like, I don't think I really lived. I just existed. You know, I was generally parting too hard. I wasn't really happy with myself. I was very unhappy in myself. I was very insecure. And I didn't want to do this anymore and I didn't want to live like this anymore. So I turned it around and I focused on myself and that came out of this breakup. But I did have to go through the stages of the breakup first, the depression, the parting to actually get to that point. Yeah. It was like your stages, your process of your grieving the end of your relationship. Exactly. It really did add on a positive. I could not be happy you know i'm loving myself i'm loving the life i live i'm loving the people i'm surrounded with so in the end of the day i'm very grateful yeah i think mine ended up very much similar to yours mm. but i started with i think through a sense of kind of denial and like almost revenge in a way mm. i was like fuck you i'll be fine and then i partied and hooked up and i was like my life is not going to change like i'm still fine i'm so awesome like i don't care and then obviously too much of that just kind of set me similarly to you i was just like what the fuck am i doing i'm actually not happy and i'm just drowning everything up with mm. partying and when i'm alone i feel like shit and then i went into like a bit of a depression not a bit, a lot of depression. Mm-hmm. And turned back to the party every now and then to thinking, like, obviously, this is really the only way that I know how to cope. Mm. And then at a stage, realized that this is, isn't who I want to be. I don't even know who I want to be, but I know that I'm not happy in this space. Yeah. And then isolated myself, but in almost like a reset way. And this is over the span of like years. Yeah. I think this is all four years. Sa- sa- same, actually. Were playing and isolated, and then the second two started a slow build into self care, yeah, and figuring out who I am and what I enjoy and how to look after myself mm. like physically, mentally, in terms of boundaries. Mm. It's been like a very slow process, but it's gotten me to, and I'm obviously it's still a process, mm-hmm. but now I'm at the point where like many of our other friends are doing the self-care. Mm. But it's not like a breakup response anymore. It's just how I want to be. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out that it wasn't like a couple mm. months or even a year because for me the same. Yeah. Like this whole process going through the different stages, it was years. I think that's important to actually work for people like 
dealing with a breakup, I think when you're in it, you're like, fuck, how long is this way? Like, it will take a lot of time, especially when you've had a very significant relationship. Mm. Like, so hard. there is the theory, and in in my case, it was pretty spot on. So I agree with it just because, yeah, as I said, it was spot on. There's a theory that says a breakup, to get over a relationship, will take around about half the time your relationship actually lasted. So if you were together for like six years to really work through all the stages of the grief and the breakup and to really get over it will take you around about three years. Also, what we often forget, a breakup is not... It's not only an emotional thing, it's actually a neurological thing, you know. Can I read this to you? Yeah, definitely. That sounds extremely interesting. Yeah, let me just find it because, you know, don't want to fuck it up, so rather read it. So when we love someone, they come to live in the emotional or limbic center of our brains. They actually occupy nerve cell and nerve cell pathways and physically live in the neurons and synapses of the brain. When we lose a lover through a breakup or divorce, our brain gets confused and disoriented. Since the person lives in the neuronal connections, we expect to see them, hear them, feel them, and touch them. When we can't hold them or talk to them as we usually do, the brain centers where they live become inflamed, searching for them. So it's not only like, it's not only an emotional reaction. We actually have a neuronal, that's how you said, neural, neural, thank you, neural, neural reaction to breakups. That is insane. It's crazy, right? You physically, you have to basically rewire your brain. You have to physically rewire your it brain. To not have a neuron. And that's why we even we may think we overrate our our body and ourselves are actually not. Yeah. It takes it takes time. That's so true. Like even for me, sometimes, like rationally, I felt very over it mm-hmm. and very like together and in control and realized you know this relationship has ended but things would happen or situations would come up or we would see and i would suddenly out of nowhere feel all of these old emotions mm. and i was like what is going on like i've definitely processed this i've spoken to the therapist why am i still feeling this way like why am i so immediately triggered to feel these old feelings and it's probably because yeah like it's the it was, brain yeah it was such a long relationship that like my brain is still not 100 percent rewired mm. itself away from that it's mad when you know that huh okay yeah it is, it's, but it's almost nice to know that like there's mm. actually nothing you can do about those feelings that you have like you just have to feel them and let them go yeah and like don't be hard on yourself that you haven't processed this fast enough. Also allow yourself to actually go through the different stages. I feel like we're living in such a like instant gratification society. Everything is on our fingertips that we barely allow ourselves to process and feel, especially when it comes to things like breakups, you know, it's like, cool, this is done. Let's like immediately go on your Tinder or on your Bumble and like, let's move on. Like I I get, I'm not someone to get over someone, which I personally don't subscribe to. It doesn't work. It really does. It really does not work. But yeah, I think the biggest thing to deal with it is time. And allow yourself to go through the stages. And if the stages look like parting, hookup, self-care, or isolation, whatever it is yeah. you need to do. And if it's all sweet, then do all sweet. Yeah. Then. And it's going to take more than a few months, especially if it's like the a long, long-term relationship. relationship. Yeah. So then after that, 
I'll ask some questions because I was interested, you know, how people tend to break up and make up. Yes. So I was interested, does that actually work? Do we believe in this? Yeah, (laughs) very serious. Yes, no, depends. Mm -hmm. 48% people say depends, break up and make up. 39% said no, and 13% said yes. My question is, what does it depend on? I get I get one breakup and makeup. But yeah. when I ask about breakup makeup, I'm talking about people who broken up more than like broken up more often than they like consecutively actually been together. You know, it's like yeah. they get together, they're together for a few months, then they break up. They separated for a few months, then they get back together. Few months together, break up. Like you know, when it becomes a repetitive. See, I don't talk you about. Actually, them. don't want to say anything about the breakup because you know they get any back together. Yeah, <laughs> or when you as a friend, you get so tired to like hear about it. Yeah. You know, it's like there's only so often you can give the same advice and like say, again, I'm not talking about we broken up and we gotten back together. Now it's fine. I'm talking about when it becomes a repetitive yeah. pattern. Yeah. Do you, what do you think that is? Do you think it's just like we know that this isn't possible, we're too afraid to be alone? I really don't know. I've never been a breakup makeup person, huh? Pretty much with all my relationships and friendships or pretty much with anything I do, you can push me really, really far. Yeah. I, I'm like, I will be loyal. I will try and give you my utmost best yeah. and I will do anything I can to make this work. But once I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. Great, great. There's no coming back. There's no point of return. When I'm done, I'm done. So this breakup makeup thing never made sense to me. For me, like I've also thought about it and I'm very much not that kind of a person. And I tried to figure out from like friends and things who tend to have these patterns. I think the only things are that they break up for very silly reasons and it's not like a serious it's just trying to like get some kind of reaction. Mm, like you're trying to push them to behave or change. And the only way that you think you can do so is to threaten breaking up. Mm. When you know that you're not actually going to, like it's not going to stay broken up. Or you break up and then you realize that it's very scary to be alone. And what does it mean now? Like I'm not starting all over again and I have nobody and I have to figure out how to be like, okay being single mm-hmm. and then maybe the fear of realizing all of that you go oh shit okay. I'd rather deal with like my mediocre relationship than be single yeah I think for me those are probably the two prominent reasons why you would do this breakup makeup that, that makes sense because our, it's also maybe like maybe it's the game for some people as well some people like the drama I feel like some people thrive on the drama it's just, yeah, I mean, 100%. It just sounds so exhausting. It, oh, my God. It's like, for me, like, we talk about it, I'm exhausted. But I honestly do believe some people thrive on it. It keeps it, like, exciting. It's like bedroom games. Yeah, there's not much I think you could do. Some, like, different structure, different thoughts, my angel. <laughs> Unless it's like makeup sex. Oh, I do <laughs> like makeup sex. Creatively. But they just have an argument. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to break down. <laughs> For me, I also find it often exhausting as a friend. And I know that sounds yeah. horrible, but 
as I said in the beginning, when we touched on this breakup makeup thing, I feel like I'm a very patient friend and person and I'm really like fully there and like very supportive. But there comes to a point when the same thing comes, like eventually if you don't choose to change, like if you don't change it, even though you could, you choose it. Yes. But you choose you know it. what the problem is. Yeah. You either fix it or you walk away. And you walk away. You, you can't know? complain and stay. Exactly. You can't. I, I mean, you can do that for a certain while, but eventually like, I will listen to you and I will yeah. hold, but I will, and I've done that before. I said to my friends, we've been here several times, yeah. not once, not twice, not three times. We've been here several times. Yeah. The situation is the exact same thing. You're telling me the exact same things. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen to you, but don't expect me to engage in a conversation anymore. Well, you've already said it, but, but yeah, and then your advice goes unheard or not listened to, which is fine. But then you can't, then you kind of lose your right to come to the third, fourth, or third class. Keep, keep coming. I'm just not going to engage anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm going to hold space. Obviously, always hold space for your friends. You know yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah. I'm just going to sit there and like. Oh, and then I and I know, and then I'm gonna call you tomorrow and it's like, oh, we still laugh. I'm like, of course you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I found myself saying, like, you know, I just need to realize that he deserves better than this. Yeah. And it's not even that's a big one, eh? Yeah, but this is the thing that I think maybe in the relationship they don't realize that they don't have to settle for this. And I'm not saying the person complaining is like an innocent person and then their partner is an asshole. Mm-hmm. It's just a relationship. Their partner could be an amazing person, but they just don't fit together. Mm-hmm. And the risk of thinking that, okay, I'm going to not have this at the off chance that I'll find something better, like if the, maybe the percentage is just, just too low for them to settle. People who break up and make up constantly, can you please reach out to us? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm just, I don't even know if they know. <laughs> if you have a behind it. Yeah, make us understand. Make us understand. I'm going to leave that because I'm very curious now. Yeah, I think maybe we should. I'm really curious. Yeah. Okay. And then I was also interested in getting to know staying friends. Does that ever really work? Depends. 48%. 48%. Friends is a okay. very, like, cop-out answer, I think. Like, we need to get more into but that. What depends on me. <laughs> yeah, but on what? But yeah. that, okay, yeah, I mean... It, already have a call yeah. three <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we need to get more into the depends, yeah. you know. It depends. Yeah. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. Exactly. So, 48% depends. 30% yes, which I was very surprised by. Yeah, that, and, and 20, 21% no. So the least percentage says it doesn't work, which I was quite surprised by. Mm-hmm. Personally, it, yes, it depends. So that was the I think it depends on, on different factors. I think it depends on the depth of the relationship. I think it depends on the nature of the relationship. And I think it also depends on what comes after the relationship. How okay will your future partner be with you being friends with, with your ex Thank as well? You. Yeah. I think a huge factor depends on respecting the next relationship mm-hmm. and making sure like your partner and their partner is okay with you both being friends. 
like in my situation, if my partner was not okay with me being friends with my ex, if I was committed to this new relationship, I would have to make that call to say, this is not my priority. Yeah. I love my ex. I don't want to sacrifice for a new relationship or make them feel uncomfortable. And yeah, I would have to make the call. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. Are you friends with any exes? Only the very casual, like, life mm. relationships that I've had. Very good friends. Mm. But more serious relationships, no. Mm-hmm. Because it's very difficult. It's a very blurred line. Once you have a very deep level of love and commitment, and then that ends, even if it ends amicably, it is a threat to new relationships. There's a lot of tension. It's like you can't really compete with the ex-girlfriend hanging around who knows you have her own boyfriend for 10 years you know yeah it always feels a bit like why are we still it always feels a little bit uneasy I I think it's like okay when you're like friendly and like casually but when you're like best friends you know like like I'm coming for like weekends away with you and your new (laughs) mom it seems a bit like unfinished business yes it does there's something sort of rather go and have that conversation yeah then be besties yeah, but also, but then you also have the situation where there's like kids and families involved, and then you kind of have to go the route of I guess staying in each other's lives as friends. I guess, like obviously, when there are kids involved, it's a whole different story. I mean, yeah. nothing binds you like kids is actually the only thing that will bind you together forever. Nothing binds you like kids, unless you're an absent yeah. parent and you're an asshole. I can't stick to that, and then you definitely like should try to make an effort to be at least as amicable as possible. Yeah. Yeah. For the sake of the time. You're respectful, you're respectful of new relationships. It's obviously hard, but you try and create the least tension when you're around your kids together. Yeah, no, look, I don't have kids. I can never actually relate to how difficult that must be Fair to do, but at least I think one should try. I mean, I must be honest, like, I'm so far removed from that scenario that when you ask me what does it depend on, this didn't even come to mind. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm friendly with pretty much most of my exes, you know. None of them is actively in my life, and I also don't feel the need for that, to be honest. I mean, to be fair, most of them are overseas, you know. But, yeah, I, I personally just don't feel the need to have, like, an active friendship where I'm constantly in contact or yeah. in touch. I just don't. Once it's done, it's done. You know, like, I don't see the need for chit-chat. Yeah, no, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, when, when I say this is it, it it's fucking it. So it's yeah. like that you don't, like, I have nothing against you. There will still be love. And I wish you all the best. But I wish it from over here, but you over there. <laughs> I've never seen that It's like, just because we ended, it doesn't mean I don't want you to eat. I just don't want you to eat at my table. Yes, exa- but it's exactly yeah, that. Like yeah. All the best, but over there. But over there. You stay over there, no, I stay over there. here. I'm done. You know? But then again, as I mentioned before, and I think you're very similar to that, it also takes a lot for me to get to that point. Like, it really does. Once I commit... That's why I'm now there's much more discerning with what I do, I commit to, <laughs> you know. But in friendships as well as relationships, once I commit, I'm committed. Yeah. Like, I mean, say, like, fully commit now, you know. Then, I mean, friendships definitely, but also relationship. And it's not casual anymore. And I commit, and even casual to a certain point at least, when I'm in it, I'm in it. You know, yeah, what's the point otherwise? Exactly, you want to be present, you want to be real, yeah, you want to give it your all. 
Yeah. So, and then it takes me a while to get out of it again. I've been learning recently, like, I also am someone who really gives my all, but then I kind of stepped back at a point and I was like, that's because I lack boundaries in something. So sometimes I get very upset about friends not reciprocating or not appreciating. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm done giving so much and I never give back like this bullshit. And then I had to really sit with myself and think like, okay, well, why am I giving, like, I don't need to be giving that much. Nobody's asking asking that of me. I go above and beyond. And like, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And, but if I'm going to start feeling resentment about it, then I should rather just not do it. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel the need to. Like, I really want to do this for the sexes. I'm happy either way. That, that's a very fair point. I think that's what I kind of was getting at when I said I'm getting more discerning yeah. where I commit to, like, where I really... Yeah, like invest my whole because my whole is a lot. <laughs> my whole is a lot. Yeah, it is. But then you have to say to yourself, "I'm going to do this, knowing that it may not work out." Yeah, but that's a circuit. Yeah, I still want to give it my whole. <laughs> breakups, 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 which we've been avoiding for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, so at the beginning of this episode, we mentioned that there seems to be a different, like that breakups seem to have changed evolved. since evolved since we went to our breakups, our big breakups. And there's this thing called conscious uncoupling. Yes. And I asked, do you know about it? Do you know about it? I've heard about it with like, Buddhist culture, mm-hmm. and literally that's as far as it goes. But I'm assuming it's just a very hippie way of going through divorce. <laughs> so I, I asked on Instagram, do you know about conscious uncoupling? Yes. Okay. 40% said no, 33% said yes, and 27% said heard of it, but not really. So let's Google quickly okay. what conscious uncoupling actually means before we get into it. Conscious uncoupling refers to the act of ending a marriage or relationship, but in a way that is viewed as a very positive step by both parties who believe that their lives will be better for doing so and that they can continue to remain friends, co-parent if they have children and possibly not even fall out of love. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with the life being better after a relationship ending. But I'm not sure about the not falling out of love. It will be love, but are we still in love? Okay, but like my question is how does it actually work? Like do you like do you work as a mediator? Do you go to a psychologist together? Like how um, like, um, is there actually a program how I mean I think to see like I think okay. When I first heard about it, to be honest, and I am quite hippy dippy. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, quite, I'm rather hippy dippy. And when I first heard about it, I'm like, what a load of bullshit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm it takes away your right to be angry. It takes away your right to be upset. Like a, you got to go from breakup to just play some, play, play some free friend. Like a breakup can be, like, it's like we talked about, but it's a neural, can you say it? Neural, oh my God. Sorry, guys. I just saw the moon. Look at the moon. Suck, it's beautiful. Distracting. (laughs) Beautiful, yeah. There's real rewiring happening in your your brain from 
it can be very traumatic. You a breakup painful process. Learning to let go of someone who's been in your life. A breakup is not only the loss of a person; it's also the loss of a life he thought you will be living. Yeah. With the person yeah. you thought you will be living, there is so much to a breakup that that unconscious uncoupling sounds for me like. And actually, the more I talk about it now, the more I still think it's a fucking load of bullshit because I feel like it literally takes all of that. Like it doesn't acknowledge all of that. There isn't a painful way to do it. Like you have to embrace the fact that it's going to hurt. Yeah. Go. This is a loss. It should be treated as such. Like yeah. you can't really therapize your way through it. Like unless you're going to say, okay, we're going to break up. And now we're going to have every session mediate through the counselor. Yeah. That feels unrealistic. It feels very unrealistic and what, and then I sit at the counselor, I'm like, yeah, I know, I understand. That you know what? Sometimes I don't want to understand and I want to scream and I want to shout and I want to rage. I want to rage and I want to like beat out the shit out of my pillow. I feel like anger should be a little bit more normalized than it is. Like, it, mean, anger is still healthy. Feeling anger is healthy just needs to be directed in a healthy way. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not unhealthy to feel anger. We need to, anger, is, we have that feeling for a reason. Yeah. And to constantly suppress it's it. It's better than shutting it down. Exactly. To constantly suppress it will only make it worse. So this conscious uncoupling thing sounds beautiful in theory. Very goodness, part of a group. Sounds very goopy. Very goopy. Like, I, I, I say the word conscious uncoupling and all I say, see is like the color beige and some, <laughs> and some lilies and like, you know, like, and kitchen to candles. Like, literally, that's what I picture. So it's it's pretty Instagrammy, all of that. I don't know if I believe in it. I'm sure that they say to the public they're consciously uncoupling, but then behind closed doors they like throwing plates at each other. <laughs> Shit is fucking yeah. Because there's no way that like you unless part of conscious uncoupling has room for rage. Mm. And like it's like, okay, well you're allowed to be angry with each other and you're allowed to do this and that. Which maybe is the case. Yeah. But I really don't think that it's something we should be like aspiring to break up in that specific method. No, at least not right away. Maybe like down the line, you know, that you can actually sit down and be like, right. Yeah. But again, like similar, like we said, when we said go through the parting hookup, self care, like yeah. same thing. Allow yourself to go through the stages. I think it's a conscious uncoupling are the only people who's that 12% whose relationship just ran its course. And they very happily <laughs> say bye. Bye, Felicia. Like, I still love you. <laughs> I feel like I, I learned from this episode now. I mean, I always learn from our conversations and episodes, but coming to breakups, yeah. I think this is a better one. Really I might be ready to go to a breakup, guys. <laughs> Should we try? <laughs> Should we try? <laughs> okay. Okay, bye guys. Sorry, we will be de- hearing about our breakup. <laughs> no, 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 we're not breaking up. Experimentation. Panic. Okay, let's go look at the moon. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Wild Hearted, the podcast. For more candid insights, follow us on Instagram at wildhearted.thepodcast and subscribe to our channels on YouTube and Spotify. Until next time, keep your heart wild.